especially my grandkids, you need to vacuum and have straight lines and you really need your windows washed. I don't like any noses against my windows. So I had have to laugh because a lot of people have those stories about me. I don't know where, if they're true or whatever. But anyways, <clears throat> let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for bringing us here, Lord. Pray, Lord, that what I speak on is what you want me to speak on. And I pray, Lord, you'd minister and bless the people. Amen. So... I wanted to have a message that wasn't just about cancer and wasn't just about um, the trial maybe that I went through. I wanted to have a message for everyone for every trial that you're going through. So I was having a little, having a little like putting things together and I went to a, a coaching overnight. Aaron and actually Cheryl and I went to an overnight. And one thing that spoke to me that the coach had said, let the main thing be the main thing. And that really helped me to come back. And I really believe the Lord gave me a message. So I hope you all receive it and understand that it's in the heart of not just breast cancer, not just any cancer, but we all have things that we're concerned about. So my title of my message is No Worries. Has anybody heard that statement before where people say, no worries, it's okay, no worries. And I guess it just bugs me a little bit. It has bugged me. And I notice it more and more because it's kind of like a catchphrase and I don't know what age it seems to me younger people say, no worries. But no worries is easier said than done. So what do those two words really mean? And this is what I'm thinking it means. It's nothing. Not a concern. It's no big deal. You've got this. But what do you do when something is a concern? It is a big deal. And you just don't have it. It's not there. I'm talking about real struggles. As I said, not just breast cancer. I'm talking about financial struggles. I'm talking about family issues. Things that seem to come out of nowhere. And you're going, how did that just happen? Health issues, stress, work, children, grandkids, your spouse. The list just can go on and on, can it? The more we live and the older we get, I'm sure we all have worries or have had worries. People have had worries since the beginning of time. I think about Bible stories. I think about things that I've heard, read about, real challenges, reasons to worry. I've heard about battles. I've heard about, you go to the Old Testament, you're going to hear about battles and challenges. You've all heard about David and Goliath. We've heard about the three Hebrew children in a fiery furnace. And we've heard about the Egyptian people running away from the, I'm sorry, we've heard about the Israeli people being chased by the Egyptian army. But they crossed through the Red Sea. We've heard about healings. We've heard about the blind being healed. We've heard about the lame walking. We've heard about being out in a boat. And then a big storm comes up. Throughout history, these stories, they reach out to us. They speak to us. 
They comfort us and they give us hope. They help us to know that God is in control and is mindful of every situation we go through. But what if you're in a battle, it's real life, and you're overwhelmed, challenges that come to your life? For me, it was in 2014. I went, went in for a routine mammogram. He said, do you want to stay for the results? I'm like, nope. Went back to work and got a call that says, come back in. And I have been in the medical field, not a nurse, not a doctor, anything, for 46 years as of today. And I thought at that point, somebody just took the mammogram and didn't have the right positioning. The scan was wrong. I just thought it was kind of an inconvenience for me to have to go back. But after they did the second scan, they said, you have breast cancer. And I was like, whoa, I really wasn't expecting that. I had a challenge. I had a worry. Now, cancer to me and my family, my dad had passed away from cancer, my mom, my grandma. There had been cancers in aunts, uncles on my mom's side. And it hadn't really had great outcomes. So to me, I was like, wow, I did have a worry. Well, you have to face the challenge. And anybody that knows me, I'm like, okay, we're going to face the challenge. We're going to trust God. Had a, had a moment of saying, oh my gosh, God help me, but went through with God. There's no way out. There's only one way you have to go through. So you put your faith to work. That's what you have to do. I leaned on all the scriptures that I'd learned throughout being a child and in Sunday school and in church. And that's why it's important to be in church. It's important to really hear the word of God, but it's also really important to bring your kids up in church. Because when there's no way out, there's nothing they can do, they will recall those scriptures. And these are some of the ones that I recalled. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your cares on him, for he cares for you. Pray without ceasing. Romans 12, 12, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Philippians 4, 6, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you, be strong, be courageous, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged, for your God will be with you wherever you go. So I had no way out. I had to go through. What do you do when the only way through, the only way out is through? I think you continue to pray. You have thanksgiving. And you have to continue to have faith in your God. I went through surgery. I went through chemo. I went through radiation. And in the end, God was the one that took me through. But I really believe this. It was not just for myself. I really believe he took me through so that I could reach back to help others. I recall that Marty spoke at a conference in Michigan, and he told me this 
this woman was going to call me that was going through pretty much exactly what I'd gone through. And I must have talked to her for like an hour because there's such a comfort to talk to somebody else that's gone through the same thing and they're done. It's done. God healed. So let me tell you about a, an, an illustration that I do have about reaching back to others. So to me, I was on this trip to Israel. Marty didn't go with me. It was pastor's wives from all over the country that were invited, and I was one that was invited. I'm not used to traveling without him because, honestly, he just takes care of whatever. He, like, tells me, you know, it's time to get in line. Here's your ticket. Everything's taken, taken care of for me, but I had to do these things for myself. And in one of the instances on the trip, lovely pastor's wives that I went with. I really had a bond with them. I'm sure we all have a bond together. We still communicate. Happy birthday. How's your church? I still communicate with them. But on this tour, we went to the underground city of Jerusalem. And they, it's a huge cavern, and it's, you know, cobblestone streets that Jesus would have walked on. It's just really, it's really quite incredible. But they did have one thing they told us, that if there's anyone that would have trouble as you're going into this cavern, there's only one way out, and that's through. I'm like, how bad can this be? You know, they had, I saw lighting. I saw this huge cavern. I thought, you know, I'm fine. I'm going on the tour. Who wants to be the one left behind that chickens out anyways? So we get down these catwalks that are like two feet wide, maybe a little wider, we're walking down into the caverns, and it's bright and light, and everything's fine, and we get further down and further down, and it gets narrower and narrower, and it got so narrow at this one point that I actually had to turn sideways and just take my backpack off and put it by my feet to try to get through. And behind me, I could hear Elizabeth crying. She was a rather tall, large girl. And she's a pastor's wife. She's on our trip. And myself, inside, I have to say, don't hyperventilate. Don't get scared. Breathe. You're going to be okay. Just suck it in a little more. Now, that is that close. I mean, it's scary. There's no way back because there's hundreds of people coming through these tours. It's just one after the other, and the catwalk kind of goes up, and you could see ahead that there was light. So I took myself, and I squeezed through. I thought, oh, thank God I'm through, but I could hear Elizabeth. I said, Elizabeth, you got this. Come on, squeeze, squeeze through. And, and it was a real trial just to get through that area. And sometimes you got to say, I, can't, I went through but I never want to do this again. I never want to go in those caverns again. From the lessons that you learn, maybe from the worries, from the challenges, you reach out and you help somebody else. Don't make your pain, your distress, all for nothing. God brought you through to help others. I've heard it said that God gives comfort along the journey, and I must say that's true. For me, there were so many people that gave me comfort. Not just my family, which I'm totally appreciative of, but also for 
people in the community, people that I didn't even know very well. They reached out, brought us food, brought us things, but medical professionals. Some of those were a combination of my mother, my grandmother, my best friend. They were people that I look forward to seeing. I, they gave me comfort because they reassured me. I needed like the God in them, which I'm sure there was God in them, to reassure me it would be okay. I got one funny story. So I decided when I was going to go through this journey, I was going to have all female doctors. And I, I did. So I had my oncologist and my radiation oncologist. And the name of my radiation oncologist that I picked was Jan Dombrowski. Well, Jan Dombrowski ended up to be a man who was of Swedish descent, Jan. So I was like, when he walked in, I'm like, uh, there must be a mistake. I picked women. So I found out that God knows, God has you in mind. He became one of the most sweetest, kind men that I'd ever, ever met when you're going through this kind of challenge. The kind that put his hands on my knees, slid his thing over, and how are you today? And when we got to the end of the radiation and the follow-up care, which goes on for a long time, he said, well, you know, Karen, we're at the end, we're at the end of the treatment. So I won't have to see you again unless you want to be seen. I go, I'm not going to see you again. And it was like a yearly, it was you know, get three months, six months, year, whatever. And he goes, unless you want to. And I thought, no, I think I'll make a follow-up appointment. I want to see you. So the Lord knows the things that you need. Today, I can recount my experiences with breast cancer, but I found God was certainly with me. But I had to go through. There was no other way out. And I have to say, I did it, but I never want to do it again. I have so many memories. You know, Marty talked a couple weeks ago about the first chemo that I had, and he basically did fall apart totally. And then as the chemo went on, the nurses would send him to Starbucks to pick up coffee for all of us. And I thought, that's kind of odd, like they're sending him on errands. But then as I kind of caught on, it was, it was actually a gift to me that he was gone, he was busy, he was doing something and being helpful. And I kind of sat there and relaxed because every single time I had chemo, it was not good. He felt he's already falling apart, but he did. But every treatment, he brought me a gift. He brought me bracelets. So I have bracelets from every single treatment. I have memories along the way. I have memory, now that I might cry over. Ben made sure that I was all bundled up. We had tons of blankets, and Gabriel was on some type of, I don't know, football experience or what do you call that, championship thing. And I was like, wasn't sure that I could go. It was so cold and so snowy. Well, I'm telling you, they figured it out. I was all bundled up. They had my seat. Everything was fine, and I was able to attend that football game. I also had short vacations. Marty made sure that there were memories along the way, not just the challenges that I was going through of cancer or any other thing that you'd be going through. I had experiences along the way that I can look back and say, 
God was so good to me. Romans 8.31 says, If God is for us, then who can be against us? If this is true, then we really have no worries. Have you been through challenges? Things that just seem so terribly overwhelming, almost to the point of you giving up. You had worries, but learn to cast your cares on the one who cares for you. There's this song, I always have an old song in my mind, and it says, I don't know about tomorrow. I'll read the words, I don't know about tomorrow, I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine, for its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry over the future, for I know what Jesus said. And today, I'll walk beside him, for he knows what is ahead. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know he holds my hand. <laughs>